Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. And we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have none other than Daniel Martinez. This is a repeat guest. We don't often have these, but I'm super excited because it's always good to see familiar faces. Um, we were having a laugh because we both got on the podcast before this. And we were, I was like, wait, I've seen this background. It's a testament to why branding works because Daniel's background stuck in my mind. So uh, Daniel is the founder of HiveMind uh, CRM platform. We talked about this. We're going to we're gonna change up our topics this time, um, but I'm still super excited. Daniel, thanks for coming back on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I Like I said, I kind of feel bad because I don't remember, but man, go check out the other episode. I think it was episode 268, but we're going to talk about something different today, and I'm, I have a plethora of topics we can talk about, so I'm excited about this one. There you go. There you go. Uh, the beauty of real estate is there are so many topics to delve into. There's not just one. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna jump around. We're gonna start with some land. Um, but before we do that, as always, we start with stories. I know you've already been on here and shared, but I just go back through how you got into real estate and how it got you to where you are today. Sure, I'm. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna more dedicate this one to the, to the real estate side specifically. But um, I was uh, I I started entrepreneurship when I was 25. I had my CDL, so I actually uh, started a trucking company. So I'm like, let's start use something I already have and go down that path. Started a trucking company, ended up getting up to five trucks. We did like $550,000 in revenue in two years. Um, that didn't really work out in my favor. So I pivoted into real estate at that time. I was transitioning from uh, uh, into real estate. Actually wholesaled, um, my first deal was a, wholesale, a vacant lot in Florida. Never seen it to this day. I made about $6,000. Um, but um, that, that's kind of how I ended up in the in the land space, and I've kind of been doing land ever since then. But um, land is my niche; I love it, and it's been life changing for me. Um, I think it's a lot less competition. I always talk, always make always talk about this because I like land because it doesn't cash flow. There's no tenants, and I don't have to I don't have to do showings. People just go and see it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. Um, yeah. I I didn't realize you said you five hundred fifty thousand in two years. You did with five trucks, and so you, yeah. that's about two hundred fifty thousand a year, um, just with five trucks. I had no idea that uh, that you know renting out trucks could be so lucrative. It's okay. So for everybody that wants to get into trucking, it is it can be lucrative, but the problem is there's so much regulation that everybody's in your pockets. Mm. So yes, I generated five hundred fifty thousand dollars, but I also spent 650 so by the end of the two years i lost a hundred thousand dollars wow that's crazy um regulations being like all the different licenses like your cdl and all that stuff um, licensing tolls um oh tolls yeah I, I, I always i always equate this to the in trucking the stars have to line for you to get paid you have to have a driver you have to have a driver that qualifies you have to have a driver that passes drug screen you have to but you have to get a load you have to pick up that load and it's available you have to drive that load all the cars and traffic in between that load to when you deliver. When you deliver, they have to be there to unload you. So, gotcha. There's just too many variables, and every single one of those has to align for you to get paid. And there's like, like half, half, like um, I spent like over two hundred thousand dollars in fuel, like wow. out of the five fifty, two hundred of that went straight to diesel. 
Jesus, so, and that was before the fuel cost of today, which is like five dollars a gallon for for you know that's unleaded. We're not talking about diesel there, so um, it, it, there's there's too many there's too many high expenses that just dig into your profit margin, and then accidents, tolls, insurance, like oh, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's funny. A, a family family member of mine, um, he you know he has a construction or a construction like he's in. Uh, um, recycling he has a recycling business and he started a trucking business on the side i never really talked to him about it but he uh he ended that business i think like a year after he started it and i was always curious why because it seemed like he was done so well but that's why too many costs makes sense um but another good reason to be in real estate because there's still costs but the upside is bigger um especially when it comes to land because the operating expenses are virtually nil you got your taxes and honestly, that's the most I can think of off the top of my head is your taxes. So, um, so let's go into land. Uh, it's your niche. It's your it's your passion when it comes to real estate. Why did you choose land in the first place? Um, I really didn't choose choose it, man. I kind of fell into it. I was do I was trying to wholesale houses. I contracted like three or four houses. They all fell in for different reasons. Uh, between uh, credit card debt at the closing table, blew up my deal. I had a seller die the weekend before close. Oh, um, I was gonna make like 30 grand on that one that happened. Um, another one, I couldn't find a buyer. It was, just, I had a lot thing after thing after thing just happened when I was doing houses. I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. So me and my partner, my part, me and my partner now we're kind of, um, we kind of took the same wholesale course and, uh, we're like, dude, let's try land. And he started doing land. I'm like, I'll start doing land. Literally my first contract I got so easy, smooth, seamless, I was uh, I, I was very introverted, so I don't really want to talk to the sellers or nothing. So mm-hmm. I literally did the, the whole deal through email. Never talked to the seller, never talked to the buyer, and I made six thousand dollars. I'm like, okay, this is amazing. <laughs> There's something to this. I like it. That's and so amazing. you guys, uh, you predominantly wholesale. Um, do you buy and hold anything like that? So we do. Okay, so our strategy is, is crazy. So. The reason why we like land, I kind of mentioned it earlier, is because it doesn't cash flow. Mm. Well, what we do is we make it cash flow. Well, how do you make it cash flow? Well, there's a lot of people that teach that do land to go get 10, 20 cents on the dollar contracts, which they're out there. Like, I'm not going to stop and deny that they're not out there. So, what you do is you make it cash flow. How do you make it cash flow? If you get it like a 25% deal, let's say it's 10,000, you get it for 2,500, you can ask for that as a down payment and then the owner finance the rest and sell mm. it for what it's worth. So that's how we create cash flow with land, but um, we kind of we kind of fell into our niche um, with larger properties because you can create larger spreads in cash flow. So now that's, that's what our niche is. We try and um, a deal we did early on was it was like a thirty five thirty five thousand dollar lot. Uh, seller wanted fifteen, which is already at fifty cents in the dollar, and uh, we're like, we'll give you eight. We want it for a quarter, and uh, he's like, no, no, no. Came back ninety days later. He agreed for eight. We sold it on marketplace in a week. For eight down, five hundred a month for five years. That's not bad. So, so you, that, that, that's creating cash flow like equivalent to a rental with land. Yep. So now so you're buying the deal properties. and then seller financing it um, on the open market. Yep. Gotcha. So that, that, that's our whole strategy. So uh, last year we actually bought 107 acres. Same idea. We subdivided it into ten lots. Seller financed it and cash uh, cash purchases. And we may ended up making two hundred k in cash, two hundred k in notes. Um, we've done multiple deals over six figures. Uh, we just closed a deal last month that paid us eighty grand. Like all our deals are like high, high and higher end deals, just because we're making like huge spreads on these deals. So now we're targeting like fifty acres or more, million dollar deals. 
Like I'm literally working on a deal right now in Florida. It's nine acres. Uh, seller wants three twenty five. It's worth six hundred. We're probably gonna make like one hundred one hundred fifty on it. Wow. Um, so you you mentioned one thing in there, subdividing. Uh, that is one. You know, I've I've had a number of people on the podcast who dabble in land, and um, that's one of the things that it seems like there's quite the uh, the value add there to to buy a land that is one contiguous parcel and then do the legwork, go in there, subdivide it, um, and sell them off individually. So when you do, I mean, it sounds like this is part of your your tool belt there. Um, what is this process? How much of a headache is it to get it subdivided? Uh, how do you actually go about doing this? So um, we actually have, a, we actually got a million, million dollar land mastermind.com. We actually teach this. We have our own little, edu- we have our own little education that we put out for specifically this and subdividing land. So for us, we're specifically in Texas only. The reason why we're in Texas only is because it's, the, <laughs> there's a lot of land and it, they make it easy. Texas is, is, they just make things easier for investors. So in Texas, as long as it's 10 acres or more, you can subdivide with an engineer and a survey. In mm-hmm. other states and countries, you have to put in, I mean, other, not countries, but in other counties. states, they might require uh, county approval and they might require all these different hoops you got to jump through. With literally in Texas, we get 50 acres. Okay, when you're going to divide us into five, 10 acre lots, boom, 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 survey, engineer, cut them all up, take it to title, we close. Boom. Wow. Yeah, the, the biggest benefit about land, and this is why I tell I love land. There's more land, there's more land than houses. Think about that. So there's there's more opportunity. There's less people doing it. And you have the upside to seller finance it because banks won't lend on it. So you're providing a, a opportunity in the marketplace just by seller financing. Another thing is that um, especially with uh, the 10 acres, we're selling to uh, people that buy land, they're cash buyers. Mm. Think, think about this. Everybody that buys houses, 90% of them are going through FHA. They're going to, they're, they're burying it out. They have about 20% down. People that buy land, they're usually cash buyers because they're using it recreationally. So mm-hmm. our, our big portion of our buyer pool already has cash on hand because people that own land, it's it's like something add on. Like they're they're gonna make sure they have a house before they have land, you know. Yep. So it's it's like an added thing. So we're looking for a certain type of buyer, and everybody that's looking for land, they're that they're a certain type of buyer that's looking for space. Yeah, and even on the um the supply side in terms of number of sellers out there, I've heard that a lot of uh, a lot of the sellers you're you know, interacting with, they've had this land passed down to them, you know, houses, people, you know, generally they're, they're in them, they're using them, even commercial yep. real estate. It's not, uh, there's not as many motivated buyers, but a lot of times in the land space, and correct me if I'm wrong here, people will get, you know, 300 acres or, or whatnot passed down to them through their grandpa. Uh, they don't know what to do with it. They don't want to own it. And so they're, uh, they're motivated to get and just sell it and, uh, and cash out. They're they're not motivated at all. I mean, there there's motivation. There's like sub like there's like subline motivation because there's always taxes. There's mm. always taxes. So we use that as a negotiation tool sometimes. We're like, hey, what if we pay the taxes for a year and lock this up for a contract? So like we always equate this like in houses, you got to move that deal in 30 days or less. In land, we lock it up for 90 days minimum. So you really have like a stretched out uh contract period to really line up the buyers, really bring all the pieces together before you even have to close. And then when you have, when you do close, you you can bring in buyer funds just like you do in a, in a wholesale transaction, but it's actually um, retail buyers. That's, I, that's what I mentioned earlier. All of our buyers, we sell straight to retail. We go from wholesale to retail. So like how, that's how it makes huge spreads. So in the, in the house space and all these other spaces, you got to, 
You got to you take two haircuts. You got to build in your haircut to sell it to an investor. And then the investors have to make their profit. Like, no, no, no. We're not, forget the investors. Like, we're selling straight to retail. We're providing we're providing an uh, opportunity in the marketplace to sell our properties directly to the retail market, which is why our spreads are so much bigger. Makes sense. Um, so quickly going back to subdividing, how small do you generally subdivide properties into? I know here in, uh, you know, I live in Tacoma, Washington, and lots can be as small as like 10,000 square feet. It's like really, really small lots. And so actually that's, that's kind of small. It's probably bigger than that, but, um, you know, generally they, they can be pretty, pretty, pretty small, a quarter of an acre or something like that. Um, generally, what are you looking for when you're trying to subdivide the lots? So we're lo- generally, when we're looking to subdivide, we're looking for something 50 acres or more. And the reason why we're 50 acres or more is because we're looking for that 10 acre or more window. So let's say it's 60 acres, 65 acres. We can subdivide that into 11 acre lots or 10 and a half acre lots. And that's the parameter for Texas. So we don't put in any roads. We're not putting in any utilities. We're not doing none of that. We're just literally, it's just, it's like, it's really awesome. Cause it's just like, it's just like wholesale. You put, you add paperwork to it and now it's more expensive. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Um, so another strategy that I've heard with land is, you know, you buy it, you don't get any income from it until you sell it as a note or you sell it for cash or whatever. Um, but some people are trying to cash flow their land by renting it out on the equivalent of Airbnb for, for camping. I don't know what it is. Um, I can't forget, remember what it is. Is that something you guys do? Is that a strategy that you've uh, kind of looked into? Um, for us, generally, our, our exit strategy is cash or seller finance. We're flipping all these properties. We're not holding on to anything. If anything, um, we're building in like we're, we're working a deal right now. We're trying to keep some acres on property. We've gotten some cows with property um, that was we, that we bought. Um, Texas, you can get uh, rights, uh, mineral rights. Oh, right. Yeah. Mineral rights. So the, there's a whole strategy with that. Like every every deal you do in Texas, just scrape the mineral rights. If it comes with it, just don't convey it when you sell. Makes sense. Keep, keep mineral rights forever. Um, there's a there's, there's a lot of like land is its own niche. There's all these different sub niches. I have clients that do infill lots in Florida, and then we do 50 acres or more. And there's like people that do entitlements where they'll come in and add paperwork to build multifamily family on it, and then they'll sell that to a developer because they don't have to do any paperwork. So there's different sub niches in uh, even triple nets, uh, triple net uh, leases for commercials, commercial buildings. There's all these different like subsets of, of land, but like land is so vast. And I think it's, in my opinion, it is the easiest niche and we're creating as much cash flow. Like for me, like everybody, like everybody in the real estate games, like oh, I want a hundred doors or I want a thousand doors. And like me, like, if I can cash flow the same amount in land without having to manage it, I have the least risk. Yeah. Yeah. Managing properties is definitely where the risk comes from. Um, so I get the appeal owning just land, not having to deal with any customers, any tenants, anything like that. So I get it. Makes sense to me. Um, I am going to push this on. It looks like we have gone through our period. So it's time oh, to man, jump already? into a quick question round. <laughs> that was quick. Okay. All right. Ready. Yeah, <laughs> let's rock and roll. It starts with books. I'm a big bookie, so give me two recommendations: one for general life wisdom, one for real estate specific. Oh man, um, hundred million dollar offers. That was one I read this year. It was a great book. It kind of uh, tells you how to formulate your offer. Um, that's the, I guess, the knowledge book. Uh, real estate book, man. Um, everybody read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I kind of, I think, kind of the gateway drug. 
and I wish I would say more. I'm not a bookie. I read both of those though. I had read both, so I'm not a, I'm not a bookie by no means, but I definitely read both of those. But um, we're working on a book right now. I don't. Know, we'll probably release it next year, but we're working on a book ourselves. So it's just providing different content to the marketplace in different forms. Cool. I love it. Um, Hundred million dollar offers. That's from the Alex guy, right? Her, Alex her Rossi or whatever. Rossi, yep. 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 There we go. I uh, haven't picked it up myself, but I've heard good things. Uh, moves us on to the next question. This is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Daniel who is just starting out that trucking business. Go to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Um, don't quit, man. I think a lot of things that separates from everybody else is consistency. Um, there was a quote I literally heard yesterday. I'm going to turn it into a graphic, and I think it's going to be like my motto for our, our education. But it's like... Um, if you if you if you don't I, I'm gonna butcher it right now. Like I literally wrote it down. It's like if you don't have knowledge, go learn. If you have knowledge, go start it. If you don't if you if you start it, be consistent with it. And if you're consistent with it, be patient. Wow, that's a big one to to uh to ingest, but I like it. Good quote. Um and absolutely uh consistency is one of the hardest things for anything that you want to accomplish. Um, but it's definitely what separates the people who succeed and the people who don't succeed. It's not some special talent. It's because they did not give up. Um, so I love that. Love that piece of advice. That moves us on to the next one. This is your Superman strength. All of us are gifted with strengths that we uniquely give this world. So what is your Superman strength? Um, I would say my Superman strength is I... And I was, I was laughing with this, my partner, too, because like people, there's like technological people that get really stuck in the weeds with technology. And there's people that don't know anything about it. I think I'm like right in the middle where yeah. I'm like, I understand it and I understand the power of it, but I'm not going to get lost in the weeds. That's good. Yeah. Technology, you can definitely over, over engineer, over technology's eyes or whatever that word is. <laughs> uh, to put too much technology, too much emphasis on technology. And when you do that, um, you just don't really see the the full picture. So makes sense being right in the middle is the sweet spot. That moves us on to the next one. This is mentors. None of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So who is one mentor who has contributed significantly to your career? Man, uh, this is such a great question. For me, it's been, I, I've been, you move on to mentors. And if you've been doing entrepreneurship for a long time, there I had a mentor in trucking that I've kind of, he helped me when I was going through that issue. And then now I'm kind of helping him trying to go into the real estate space. So as I transition to real estate, there's another mentor that kind of come in and then you kind of pass up mentors as you come in and like, you don't have to meet these mentors either. They're just somebody you look up to. You might watch a lot of their education. You might watch, might consume their content, but like once you level up, not just like past them, but you kind of, um, people like provide like newbie content. Like I'm not mm-hmm. a newbie anymore. So I need accelerated content beyond that. So you kind of like, grow up your mentor ladder even though you might never meet them and yep. it's kind of one of those things where like and i've gone a lot through real estate like i've only been in real estate for four years and i feel like the path i went down i've accelerated my education in my own way just because it was the path i went down where like people that might do houses and flips they're stuck in that mount, that houses and flips sector so it's yep. kind of hard to get out of that mentality because that might not be the best avenue to create the wealth you want and the lifestyle you want yep. so I think yeah. Lane I can, kind of gave me my 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 beacon of light, and I don't think I need to do anything else. 
Yeah. And I can definitely relate to, um, you know, you have different mentors at different stages of your career. Um, and each one, like they're so important. I remember my first mentor, never met him. His name's uh, Matt Tyrrell. I bought his course and uh, this was way back when he's a, he's a flipper down in California, but you know, it was the first course I bought. It really was the building blocks to where I am today. Um, and since then I've met, you know, I have mentors that I've done deals with. I've have mentors who I've partnered with and, um, it's just every step of the way you'll you'll find somebody who's a stage above you and they'll help you get to that next rung of the ladder. So love that. And that moves us to the next question. This is the second to last question, and it's about the US. This is a good one for you because uh, it's about land. There's a lot of square miles out there, a lot of opportunity. Give me one, usually I say metro, but just one area, one state that you're most excited about investing in today. Um, Texas. I, the reason why I say Texas is and, and land in general. The reason why land is so amazing is because as populations expand, what do they expand to? They expand into the land. So if, if you're always one step ahead, you're always ahead of the curve. People always say, like, oh, find the wave and ride it. The land space is always ever growing because populations grow in certain areas. So as populations move and shift to different parts of the country, you can always move to another state and do that as the wave and population grows in that one area. So there's always opportunity in the land space just to find that right wave and just stay ahead of it. it. Absolutely. And even when it comes to land, positive net migration, it's one of my key performance indicators when I'm looking for, not really key performance indicators, but one of my my criteria that I use when it comes to buying my properties, my commercial properties, self-storage, mobile home parks, industrial. Um, But even in land, net migration, that's the one you guys got to look out for. All right. And that wraps it up. Comes us, brings us to the very last question. You've given us a lot of good advice, a lot of wisdom. I'm sure people want to reach out and get in contact with you. What's the best way to get in contact with you? So we actually have a couple of different ways. Uh, we're at HiveMind CRM literally everywhere. If you if you if it's a social media channel you probably touched or heard of, we're on it. I guarantee it. Um, and then we actually provide a dollar course um, of how to make six figures on a land deal. You can actually text course C O U R S E to two one zero nine seven two eighteen forty two, and literally a dollar. Go check it out. And the HiveMind CRM everywhere everywhere we have our podcast. I have this podcast. Boom. There you go. Hive Mind CRM and that's .io, correct? HiveMindCRM.io. Yep. .io. All right. I will put that in the show notes. So HiveMindCRM, if you want to reach out to Daniel and uh, learn a little bit more about land investing, go ahead and click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find Daniel's URL. Right on, Daniel. That wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Definitely look at the land space. Don't overlook it. You might regret it later. There you go. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe, the real estate investing club.com. If you guys want to support the, support the show, the only way we ask is that you give us a little thumbs up, a little like, a little review on Apple Podcasts. Um, that's all we ask. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. 
If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out, and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.